Hi, yeah. everybody. Hi, Bob. Hi, Jim. Well, speaking about clean power, I had to run out and shovel a little more coal into the uh, <laughs> into the generator. <laughs> we kind of dropped off. We had a late start here. Uh, but we're here. And uh, we got all kinds of computer news and uh, updates to talk about. And uh, let's start at the very top with the item that's at the top of the news. What do we got going on over in Ukraine, Jim? Um, we're going to start off tonight's show by um, talking about some of the um, the internet angle behind the conflict that is going on right now in Ukraine. Um, obviously, it's something that's been big in the news and heavy on our hearts uh, since the invasion began um, a little over a week ago. And um, but this is a computer show. Um, however. In the 21st century, computers and the Internet factor into virtually every aspect of our lives, including, amazingly, uh, conflicts between nations. There have been um, a lot of different, interesting, creative, disruptive, disturbing, it runs the gamut, um, uh, facets, permutations between uh, and when it comes to the Internet and digital technologies and the current conflict uh, from ranging from an IT army, an information technology army, a large group estimated to be in the thousands of computer and technology com uh, professionals in Ukraine who are um, Uniting to do everything from work to shut down or disrupt Russian government websites to uh, reporting YouTube channels that dis that they're spreading disinformation from Russian state media. You know, there's a big technology presence in Ukraine. A lot of software developers, a lot of startups. Um, until just about two weeks ago, there was a very active government program aimed at getting tech companies to open offices in Ukraine with things like you know, tax breaks and the kinds of things that governments use to attract businesses. Gee, maybe that's what Putin didn't like. Well, now a lot of those cyber brains have been working on everything from keeping the country's leadership as connected as possible. You know, obviously, one of the first things that a, uh, a um, uh, an attacker wants to do is disrupt communications between um, leadership and military. And um, they've been working with a lot of different means, including some donated Starlink um, Internet satellite uh, dishes to um, make sure that those lines of communication remain open. And then, as I said, there are things like uh, attacking Russian websites, government uh, websites in, uh, in particular, to just kind of increase the disruption on uh, on the on the other side of the of the border. And uh, closer to street level, I read that uh, people were um, trying to uh, influence the news coming into Russia by writing uh, restaurant reviews on Google, and. Uh, uh, writing restaurant reviews on Google and saying that this is the news coming out of Ukraine and hoping it would go into uh, into Russia. Um, I'm, Jim, I'm monitoring my uh, my air yes. airstream, and I've got and it sounds okay. 
You sound great. Now, and I've made an adjustment on my end. And oh, you're okay. Sound, <laughs> you're sounding awesome. And, and I think we're just talking about Google. Go ahead, please. Yeah, uh, no, uh, you know, because Russia has a lot of censorship over, over media, but I guess, um, I don't know if Google went ahead and stopped this, but people were just trying to find ways to get the news into the Russian people because the, their news, you know, they have a complete news blackout of what's going on. Yeah. And Putin has, uh, you know, who, whoever runs that has complete control. And people were writing reviews to restaurants saying, do you guys know what's going on in, you know, right. in, in right. Ukraine? Your country is invading them. But I guess they, they shut down all, all, all reviews in, in all the surrounding countries, to, you know, just to put the stop to that. And also yeah. people trying to, um, send, uh, funds to, uh, into Ukraine, which is, I guess, becoming difficult, are booking Airbnb, uh, uh, that's a fantastic bookings, angle to the whole and, thing. And, and not, you know, not intending to stay there, just trying to transfer funds and, uh, you know, available funds into Ukraine. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's been estimated that the millions of dollars have been, uh, have been successfully transferred to, um, to Ukrainian citizens who have, um, uh, Airbnb, uh, rentals where, yeah. um, people from all over the world are booking apartments and, Obviously not going to them, but um, but letting the uh, recipients and then Airbnb to its credit is also allowing a lot of um, Ukrainian refugees in countries like Poland to stay at Airbnb properties um, on the house and, and oh, wow. reimbursing the owners. So Liter um, literally on the house. That is wonderful. You, well, yeah, right. I just wonder how many of the Airbnbs in Ukraine are owned by Russians, you know, <laughs> could be, could be, <laughs> I, could be a tricky call, a tricky call. That know. would be a tough call. Yeah. There's another really interesting, uh, you know, the, 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 um, the hacker group, um, anonymous, has been obviously very involved in, uh, in in a lot of this kind of cyber warfare. Well, they just announced a uh, new website today from a kind of a subgroup called, and all of these names have such strange kind of James Bond, sinister sounding names, uh, a group called Squad 303. Uh-oh. And this is a website. You can go to this website, and the, the address is mail.1920.in. And actually, I think, I think if you go to 1920.in, you'll get the, uh, you know, the main, uh, the main um, website. And what it allows you to do is send an email or a text message to a person in Russia with... A message about the war and uh, and the realities that are going on in Ukraine and I don't know where they get these phone numbers if these are coming from you know, like a spam a spam list yes uh, how, um, how would you but, like an extended warranty and news on the war <laughs> <laughs> yes tragically yeah, yeah. Um, if you if you if you go to that website 1920.in um, and, and choose to send a text message, the, the, a person in Russia will receive a text message that says, Dear Russians, your media is being censored. The Kremlin is lying. Find out the truth about Ukraine on the free internet and in the Telegram app. Time to, to overthrow dictator Putin. Wow. Um, kind of incredible. The ability to send an email or a text message to a random person in another country behind a who is a who is behind a 
digital iron curtain, or at least a thickening curtain of censorship to, um, is that going to be effective? I don't know. It's, uh, it's, kind of way, it's hard to imagine that it would be because it's going to feel like spam. But um, I suppose in a world where all's fair in love and war, um, this is war. And yeah. Now, what, uh, what was, um, I read something about... Um, a volunteer IT army that's being put together in Ukraine. Yeah, this is part of that yeah, whole. Yeah, that is that it? is this this group that I talked about. This group of uh, of thousands of um, mostly Ukrainian uh, computer and technology professionals. But I wouldn't be surprised if there are people who are kind of joining the equivalent of the foreign legion of IT army um, to be able to assist. I mean, obviously, uh, the anonymous hacker group is, is spread across the world and, um, and they are playing a huge role in the, um, in the, uh, you know, the kind of, uh, of, of, uh, attempts to circumvent censorship. There was a hack, um, that, uh, through one of, uh, you can't even say a member of Anonymous because Anonymous is not an organization as such. There's no leadership. There's no Anonymous website. It is, they, it is a group of hackers who communicate with each other on the dark web. Um, they've done some things that probably a lot of people would not approve of. Um, and indeed, a lot of people might not approve of some of the things that are going on now with, with respect to Russia. But, um, in one case, um, Anonymous successfully hacked into the Netflix servers in Russia and took over the screens My to goodness. broadcast messages about the um, about the censorship that's going on and the um, and the uh, and the the you know the misinformation that's coming from Russian state media. So yeah. it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I just I have my fingers crossed that this thing is going to wind down and and everybody's going to kind of pull back and realize that it's not worth uh, you know risking an escalation. But I don't know what's going on over there. I have no idea you know what's yeah. what Putin's intentions are. And yeah, uh, it's and 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 what people with respect to the internet are 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 saying um, that Russia may be heading toward a more China type insulated and isolated internet where it's very difficult to get information from the outside yeah. um, and access to external websites are it's possible in china if you use things like vpns and you know the back doors and things like that but that's something that you know a small minority of people can do um, and know how to do you would have to have a lot of it skills to be able to pull off something like that behind the uh, you know Behind the bamboo, the great, fire, the great or, firewall, as yeah, it's called, the great yeah, firewall yeah. of China, and, and yes. there's there's a there's a concern and a fear that you know Russia may be going in that direction. They the, the country has, for a long time now, had a much more open policy on uh, toward the internet, and um, and that is you know that has helped the economy of in, in Russia. It's helped uh, increase the number of technology businesses. And helped you know, businesses of all kinds that are doing business in Russia. Um, but the flip side of that coin is that there's more access to unfiltered, uncensored information. So it's easy to imagine kind of the Russian leadership kind of weighing the pros and cons of that. Do we keep an Internet somewhat open for the benefits of the economy or do we shut it down and put up an iron curtain in the interest of uh, keeping the news about the war and the, um, the apparently 
um, limited success that it's having so far um, away from the uh, from the public. Who knows? You're tuned to KZYX and KZYZ, Philo, uh, Philo Willits, and Ukiah, and this is point-and-click radio, the bi-weekly computer show with... Uh, Jim Hyde and yours truly, Bob Lawton. And we uh, have to remind our listeners this is a public affairs show, and the opinions heard on this show may not necessarily be those of KZYX uh, management and board of directors. That's just us talking here, and we were covering uh, some of the digital aspects uh, of the uh, conflict this opening has opened in Ukraine. It's been going on for, what, two weeks now, something like that? Uh, the actual invasion was maybe eight or nine days. I don't know. Yeah. Um, there's the days are starting to bleed into one another in terms of kind of getting the news out. I guess. But uh, apparently Ukraine has been having problems with uh, with cyber warfare for a lot longer than, than that. You yeah. Know, there's been all kinds of uh, dirty dealings going on. Uh, it's not a pretty scene, and I'm. It, it's kind of depressing for me to have to, to, to even listen to this. I just... I. Yeah, don't like this yeah. stuff going on. And Isn't something that I think a lot of us thought was going to be possible in well, the 21st century. It's different than than the the um, conflicts that were happening, like in Iraq and Syria and Afghanistan, because those countries don't have that level of of sophistication in terms of their uh, IT infrastructure. You know, uh, there's. Uh, just unbelievable amounts of of technological skill in all those countries and they really seem to be able to develop it you know because the the costs uh the barriers to entry if if you're a smart person and can learn these things the barriers to entry are very low compared to a lot of other uh fields where you have to have you know massive amount of equipment you can have a uh a successful IT shop that does unbelievable things and can be scaled up, you know, if you can get investors and all that, just just with the brain power and, and basic computer hardware, you know, you just have to have the skills at coding. Pardon me. Coding and... Uh, we try to reach for my mute before that sneeze, but successful. Yeah, it's, it's completely true. It's, um, and, and, and as I said, you know, the, uh, the, the, the government in Ukraine has, has been aggressively courting um, technology uh, companies and tech professionals. And Russia has a hugely sophisticated um, uh, tech and computer um, population, in part because during the Soviet Union, th- the computer hardware was so limited that um, programmers got very, very good at writing very tight efficient code yeah kind of you know having to work within the limitations of the systems yeah you get very um, creative when you're when you have those obstacles well you mentioned uh elon musk and uh, he was uh what did he do put up extra starlink satellites to help uh ukraine the the um there's a uh the uh technology minister i'm not i forget what his exact title is um put out a tweet to Elon Musk asking for some help in the form of sta- uh, star- uh, Starlink terminals. Those are the little dishes that allow you to receive the, uh, the Starlink internet service. Um, and um, then the next day, there was a picture on the uh, going across the internet of a big semi-truck absolutely jam-packed with um, Starlink dishes. Oh, the dishes. And, um, okay. 
And then the next day, there was a uh, there was a uh, 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 Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, um, and Musk had a Zoom conversation to oh, talk nice. about it some more. So, um, what is generally ex- uh, antis- uh, uh, believed to be going on, and no one is talking about specifics from the Ukrainian side because they don't want to give up, they don't want to show their hand. No, no. But um, like one of the, as I said before, one of the you know kind of. One goal of, of modern warfare, warfare is to disrupt communications, and yeah, sure. that means bombing cell towers and um, fiber optic installations and all the terrestrial things that bring the internet and telephone from one place to another. Well, Starlink bypasses all that because it goes straight up into outer space. Yeah. So if… Um, They're just waves. They just go beaming up into space and… They're just radio waves, yeah, so all yeah. you've got to do is have power, and they don't use very much electricity where they can be powered by batteries or by a, a tiny generator and the like. So, you so it's you, easy to imagine that those dishes are being distributed around uh, Ukraine to various government offices um, and um, and maybe il- uh, military branches oh, as okay. well to um, keep that com- those communication lines open. Would that be uh, Oleksandr Bornyakov, the Deputy Minister for Information Transformation of Ukraine? Is that he the guy? That sounds okay. <laughs> I'll buy that. <laughs> uh, this is a uh, this is an article on TechCrunch uh, where they interviewed Ukraine's uh, Deputy Minister on Information Transformation. I like that IT Information Transformation. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a, so it a, wasn't it wasn't sa- Starlink satellites. It was the the dishes that let you. It was the dishes. Yeah, because the satellites. There's already 1,300 satellites up there, and they're certainly able to provide coverage over Ukraine. So it was a matter of getting the dishes in so that they could get distributed around the yeah. country. So the headline is Elon dishes dishes. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> dishes out dishes. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Elon also got in the news today because I guess NASA is on his case for creating too much space junk in low orbit. I don't know how they're going to resolve this. I mean, doesn't he plan to have like 50,000 of these things floating up there eventually? The ultimate plan that they've, that they've not been approved for. They've, yes. they've, um, the, the original Starlink Generation 1 constellation is supposed to be something like four or 5,000 satellites. Um, they have a Gen 2, they call it, a second generation satellite um, in design, and what they want to do is launch upwards of 30,000 of them. Um, they have not yet gotten approval from organizations like the Federal Communications um, right. Commission and the ITU, the International Telecommunications Union. Um, but NASA uh, uh, sent a letter and to um, to uh, I think to the to the FCC and maybe also to SpaceX probably also SpaceX yeah. expressing concern not so much about space junk but about the, about a traffic jam yeah yeah of, of the just the sheer quantity of satellites that that would represent and um, and what that could mean to um, future launches to other missions to astronomy even to the asteroid detection system that well, uh, they also mentioned astronaut reentries you know like if yeah. astronauts go up and coming back you know it could could present hazards for astronaut reentry all those things but i would hate to i would hate to miss an asteroid coming towards us if because there was a little uh, satellite well, at least you get good internet so you'd be able to watch it live on youtube yeah yeah that's it <laughs> 
Yeah, no, it's true. You know, it's it's not a, it is not a laughing matter. And no. I'm a big space buff and, and an astronomy buff. Yeah. And I've kind of been watching this argument going on since SpaceX first announced its plans, because on the one hand, um, they are providing Internet to parts of the world uh, that never had access to it. Tiny little villages in northern Alaska, um, the, uh, the, um, the Tonga, the country that was decimated by the, uh, the volcanic uh, operation or operation um, uh, eruption. Eruption, yeah. They um, they provided some a bunch of dishes there to well, because an undersea cable that was serving Tonga had been severed. Um, so I think there's a lot of and of course then you know not only Alaska but in Tonga but also here in Mendocino County there are a lot of people who are using Starlink in yeah. rural areas like ours to be able to get fast internet. So that's all on the plus side. On the downside is this potential for um, for. Uh, well, Anything from inconvenient to disastrous. But it's, results. it's just space congestion. It's it's a yeah. you know I mean there's a lot of space up there, but if it's the wrong thing in the wrong place, you know the message to the uh, regulatory agencies might be to just uh, start promoting uh, more accessible terrestrial broadband connections, you know, and get get yeah. fiber up to the places where they really need it, you know, and just have. Sure have uh ground-based uh you know increase the ground-based infrastructure because the i mean the low orbit satellite is is a great solution if you have a line of sight to that and all that and it's it's got a lot of advantages but that you know having all that material floating around up there is is gonna create a problem at some point you know? it has a potential and, and you know and i always think too i think of like imagine i mean the, the surface of the Earth, you know, the entire surface area of our planet right. with only 4,000 cars on it around the entire surface of the country, uh, of, the, of the planet. Right. There'd be very little chance of one of them colliding into another one. Um, now, if one was to, you know, so it's important to kind of, I think, per keep in perspective just how much space is up there. Oh, lots. That's why that, they call that it space. Also, comes with an asterisk after it of, well, what if one of those things breaks up and turns into 30,000 you know, 30, little nuts and bolts and particles all going at 17,000 miles an hour and those hitting um, the space station or a, or, a, or a rocket launch or another satellite and causing that one to explode into another 30,000 pieces. So it's, um, as with everything in life, you know, we all like our cars, but we all know that they're really, really bad <laughs> for the environment. Um, this is kind of another, this is a, an outer space version of that, that, um, that time and regulation and fate, <laughs> I think, are all going to work together yeah. to provide the ultimate answers to. Yeah, but also they're in low orbit, so that means that they're closer to the Earth, and they're going to be more more in the way of things going on down here, like astro terrestrial astronomy and, and uh, asteroid detection and all this stuff, you know? Yeah. So we'll have yeah. to see. Well, good luck, Elon. I really hope... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hope this goes in a good direction. You know, I think it's amazing the different uh, areas that the guy is uh, involved in, from cars to rocket ships to uh, satellite internet and stuff like that. Holes underground, the boring company. Blow torches. Blow 
Blowtorches, yes. And and infantile things like blowtorches. Blowtorches. Flamethrowers. Flamethrowers. That's it. It's a flamethrower. Sorry. Yes. It's, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, let's talk about something more fun here on yeah. Click Radio with Bob and Jim. Let's talk about the new Apple stuff yeah, that uh, I guess was a, announced yesterday. I guess a huge truck pulled up at the Steve Jobs Theater and just dumped a whole bunch of new stuff out the back. Some of yeah, which no had predicted and some which hadn't been predicted. But yeah. I know what you want to talk about first, Jim. But well, I'm you gonna... mean the fact that the iPhone is now available in green? Yeah, well, no, no, no. <laughs> That's breaking news right there. No, I'm going to I'm gonna preempt your, uh, your going on about what you want to talk about by saying really quickly they introduced a new iPhone SE. And yes. as far as I'm concerned, they did, couldn't have done a, a worse job because it's really basically the iPhone 8 with Touch ID, mm. the same screen, the same camera front and back, and an A14 processor and 5G. So you get a fast connection if you can get one, although I don't think it has the highest rated 5G connection. That's right. It doesn't even have the fastest variation of... Um, of uh, yeah, the millimeter wave or whatever it. it is. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have the fastest iteration. Uh, and it's it's just like, a, a what, an eight-year-old phone, basically. I don't think they... Yeah. It's it's well, like, it has an A15 processor. It has, an it has a, a faster chip in it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not going to take better looking pictures. You might be able to do more right. comp computational photography, but and and the price, I think they increased the price because of the 5G uh, because of the um, you know, the cost of putting the 5G in there. I think the the it's starting out at 429 or something like that. And I think Yeah, right. So I think it's like 30 bucks more than it was and uh, it was yeah, before. a lot of people your 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 comment is uh, comments are are Similar to what I've, a lot of what I've read on the internet is like, yeah, they kind of missed the mark on this. They could have, you know, I mean, on the one hand, it is supposed to be the low end, you know, most uh, yeah. uh, affordable, quote unquote, at four hundred and twenty dollars. But in the um, intro, they weren't touting the camera or touting any any new, you know, actual features in the thing. Right. They were just saying that it's got a better chip and so forth. And that, you know, they don't bring these uh, economy models out every year, so we're probably going to be stuck with this one for a while. Yeah. And I'm surprised yeah. surprised they would do not. I, I don't know why they didn't go up to something like, because they lowered the price of the iPhone 10. Remember, that was the first, the iPhone 10 was the first one where everybody was yelling about, oh my God, it's a thousand dollar cell phone, you know? Right. And then right. they came out with the 10R, which had the uh, not so snazzy screen in it, and it actually lowered the price quite a bit. Why they can't come out? you know, at least uh, make it um, a more generational increase and still have it be a low-priced phone. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's. I'm looking here at a Macworld article about it, and it says it's an old refrain, but when did Apple decide that it was only going to sell to rich people? And there's an element of truth to that. You know, people have joked that, you know, they've taken a page from the, uh, borrowing from the computer for the rest of us to say the computer for the rich of us the rich of um, us, yeah. you know uh, apple stuff is premium priced stuff and um we say it all the time there are you know you can get a better deal in the windows world you can get a better deal in the android world when it comes to phones um but a lot of people and i'm one of them believe that mac that apple stuff is put together better designed better um and generally just kind of runs better works better um but that doesn't mean that um, 
that you can't get great results from from you know one of those other platforms, the Windows or or, uh, or Android on the cell phone right. side. But, but you would think that they would feel like they owe it to their customers. If you've got five kids and every one of them is screaming for an iPhone, you know, <laughs> why not have one that's just? I suppose the SE is the is the bare bones solution, but it seems like they really didn't put a lot of work into coming yeah. up with this new version of it. And I mean, they didn't change the name or anything. It's just the new iPhone SE. Although they did, uh, well, okay, that was it. Do you want to talk about the uh, Apple TV Plus offering that's going to happen on Friday nights now? Uh, Friday night, Friday night baseball. Yes, this is Apple's uh, streaming service. Well, of course, there is the baseball season right now is is uh, is is on hold. It's 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 got its screensaver kicked in while the uh, while the. The wealthy owners and the wealthy players battle it out <laughs> yeah. to see to see, to see who uh, who blinks first. Um, when baseball does come back, um, there will be something new on the Apple TV Plus streaming service called Friday Night Baseball, where um, you'll be able to get a live doubleheader on Friday evenings, complete with a live pre and post game. So I don't know where that doubleheader teams aren't playing double headers anymore so I'm, I'm guessing that probably means two different games from two different teams but or live both live at the same both, time both live one after the other or have they are they actually convincing teams to play actual know. double headers on a friday night which would be not only probably about eight hours worth of baseball given how long games take these days yeah um but also um a big uh, a big a big change of pace for um for baseball so um yeah well and for apple, all, there are a lot of good shows on apple tv plus I you mean, know is, they have turned into a content company as well as a hardware and software company it's amazing they've got one of their apple tv plus uh films up for oscar nomination i think yeah uh, yeah and some great series, shows like uh, The Morning Show and some really good science fiction shows like For All Mankind. Um, well, how about uh, Foundation? I, I Foundation is incredible. That yeah, was so was, well done. Some really, really good stuff that they've, you know, you, you look at an episode of Foundation and you just say, wow, boy, they spent a dime on this. They did. And they, they're incredibly well produced. The other thing I give them props for is that you know isaac asimov wrote the first installment of foundation it was actually published in one of those uh pulp science fiction magazines back in the 1940s you know and so it's going to be dated in terms of the social constructs and mm. and, and and the uh the characters that are depicted in it and apple took this and and updated it as far as the you know having uh, diversity uh, and and yeah. uh, gender representation, right? And but they didn't spoil the story somehow. It was just it was amazing. And it never feels forced. No, it never feels that's like it. look, we have people of multiple genders and races in this. <laughs> it never feels that way at all. It's just good. Yeah, yeah. It just blends in the story. So I think they really spent a lot of care uh, making a quality product. You know, and and I really enjoyed it. I mean, it took me a, a few minutes. To kind of because I was I've been a foundation fan forever and I've uh, read the the books multiple times and listened to them on an audiobook too and you know you get a, a feeling a, a, a sense of what the story is all about and what it should be like and it took me a minute to kind of dial it in but once I realized what they were doing in the story it was really really well done that's cool and I can that's hardly cool. hardly wait till the next season comes on we have a we have a really old jade plant here that we've made a couple of clones of yes so the oldest one we call brother dusk oh brother dusk 
Yeah. Those folks who are familiar with Foundation will understand what that right, reference. Right, But that wasn't in the original. The nice thing about Apple TV Plus is it's actually cheap. Unlike the other Apple products that we typically talk about, it's like five bucks a month. Right, right. It, it, compares, to, <laughs> it compares to a lot of the other services. But in order to view it, you have to have Apple products pretty much. So. Not anymore. Really? They just, in the last couple of weeks ago, they um, they announced that they're going to be available on, um, on um, oh, I'm spacing on the name of the giant cable company um really it's gonna i mean if you're a cable subscriber you can actually bundle yeah, it into like yeah. uh dish tv or something like that or no not dish tv direct tv was that it exactly yeah it will be um oh what'll it be i, f I forget what the it starts with a c Com Comcast. Comcast. Comcast is uh, there it is. I don't have cable TV here where we live, so yeah. I remember the name. Yeah, Comcast will be providing um, a, an option to get Apple TV Plus uh, through that. So, um, and I read what, like kind of an article about that, and they basically just said like Apple's doing that because like they can. It's not going to be you know, yeah. it's not going to be a money maker for them. It's it, it's not going to help sell Apple products. Right. It'll be like free advertising once they uh, get the. Uh once they get yeah. the service. Um, well, and then the they introduced the new iPad Air, and they put yes. the M1 chip in that, and it now works with the second-generation Pencil, so it's practically an iPad Pro. And it'll connect to a display. You can even connect it to yeah. an external display and use it the way you would use a laptop. So, yeah. Yeah, the, the iPads are getting more and more powerful each time with each one you know the uh the the iphone se is not that exciting um but the new fifth generation ipad air with an m1 processor um which is at the same price at 599 um and then the cellular module mo uh, model costs a bit more and it has 5g in it if anybody cares about that um but um it has a better camera and it has the M1 processor, the same processor that's in the um, iPad Pro and some of Apple's laptops. Did so, they add the front-facing camera that does the center stage feature? Yes. Yeah, yeah. the front okay. camera so is a 12-megapixel camera with ultra-wide and center stage support. So it's a really nice. It's a it's a really nice update. It is um, for really the uh, for the iPad Air. Well, shall we go on to the one that everybody's been waiting for and rumoring then, about? Yeah, the, 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 the kind of, oh boy, I think I might want one of those yeah. categories, becomes a new Mac called the Mac Studio. And as the name suggests, this is really aimed at kind of creatives who are doing video editing or 3D or audio high quality audio production um you know rendering things like that um very advanced photoshop work and it's like a big a taller um mac mini it's a small little box about four and a half five inches square um and then maybe about the same height it's one article said this is the cube we always wanted yes the cube we always wanted <laughs> it's a little compact ultra quiet cube that sits on your desk and can connect up to five monitors if that's your idea of fun in this it, you can connect the up to five monitors including a you know like a wall-sized tv yeah yeah uh, with the stock configuration you don't have to get five video cards in a cage or something like that it will just push the signal out it's got connections and ports galore there's like four thunderbolt 
ports on the back, two USB-C ports on the front. There's three USB, two or three USB ports around back. Regular USB um, ports. Regular USB. There's um, an HDMI connector for that big wall TV that you talked about. Um, and there's a memory card slot on the front of it for your digital camera card so that you can put your memory card from your camera in and transfer photos you know, ultra fast that way. Um, but they put, Jim, they put slots on the front. Exactly. This is yeah. rare for Apple. I can't think of a an Apple product, uh, you know, a desktop style computer where there's been ports on the front, you know, since maybe I don't know the. Uh... Yeah, seven seven and a half inches square and and three point seven inches tall. Yeah, and it has in it um, a couple of different uh, chips that you can get. The the least expensive mer version, which is nineteen ninety nine, has the M one Max chip yeah which is a a kind of a super version of the apple silicon m1 uh processor right 32 they gigs of memory yeah they introduced that the m1 pro and max last fall i think with the new laptops and things yeah. like that so that's yeah. they're starting out with that but then there was other news which is and and a, and a half a gig of of, of flash uh, solid state storage in it right and then for another grand no, another two grand, um, thirty nine ninety nine, which is that's getting up there. But this is this is basically a workstation that is a little bit that is smaller than a lunchbox. Um, that is a new chip called the M1 Ultra chip, which is basically like two M1 chips on a chip. <laughs> <laughs> on a chip, yes, yeah. It's amazing. They took two of the M1 Maxes and put a little um, I forget what they call it. It's like a bridge and. Instead of having two separate chips on the motherboard with the solder going between them, you know, which they explain causes latency and, and other problems and programming problems, too. They just basically double the chip up. It's like uh, a Siamese chip. It's got two of those <laughs> with a, uh, a, a bridge unit that has like 10,000 uh, um, 10, um, what do you call them? Connections between the two chips. It, it's it's amazing. It looks like a screamer. Um, and again, you know, that's yeah. that's four grand. It, it it had better be, but it will be. I mean, it is probably the fastest will be. They're not, they're I think they're taking orders in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, but it is safe to bet that it's going to be one of the very fastest personal computers in the on the planet, um, if not the fastest. But for that um, for that four grand. Uh, it promises to be a faster computer than the Mac Pro, which I think you have to spend oh, six, much. six or seven grand to get to get uh, the the you know the entry level one of those, which is their Pro workstation. But this looks like it's going to run circles around that, which is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it, they're both really impressive. The 1999 one is um, let's just say it's the one that I'm kind of really going. Hmm. about yes. you know i have a 2017 imac that i'm talking into right now um and it's a champ it's the 27 inch one it's beautiful screen and it's you know it's still plenty fast sometimes i'm feeling it like kind of starting to bog down mm. um with some stuff that i do but um that is a computer the m1 the uh, the 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 quote-unquote uh, low-end version of the uh of the mac studio is um 
a really, really appealing computer for someone who is doing, like I said, a lot of digital photography or digital video or digital audio or 3D kind of work. This is not the computer you really need if you are doing mostly web surfing and email um, or word processing office type tasks. But if you're in those creative professions or a, an advanced you know, hobbyist, um, the Mac Studio is really, really pretty appealing. Yes, and that was only half of the announcement because they came out with a Apple branded, a new Apple branded monitor, right? Which is high resolution, twenty seven inches, the same uh, screen size as this the screen that comes with the iMac. But this is a standalone, advanced monitor. And I think the wasn't the price for that like fifteen hundred or something fourteen ninety nine. The new display, yeah, yeah it's fifteen ninety nine. Yeah. Now you can get a a high definition monitor for several hundred dollars, but this one is way more than just a monitor. It has its own A thirteen chip inside, to which is another Apple chip, <clears throat> to manage the uh, the webcam that includes. Um, there's a three. There's an array of three microphones that Apple claims are studio quality, and yeah, what that means is is anybody's guess. Right. Um, it has a six-speaker audio system built in with um, a couple of subwoofers and spatial audio, that kind of 3D uh, f effect. It has four USB ports, a Thunderbolt port, um, and uh, so. Kind of the combination of the the Mac Studio and this 27-inch display um, is really kind of like the dream configuration for that same kind of audience that I just, just described a, a while ago. Right, and I think that they aptly named it the Studio because it, they didn't, you know, the, the the their most expensive computer is the Mac Pro, and that really is kind of aimed at, at Hollywood video editors and people who need to run you know, uh, nine screens to do uh, 3D rendering or, or... And to put cards in. Yeah, yeah, put cards in, exactly. Expansion cards. But they seem to have um, bypassed all that by by developing these uh, these SOCs, as they call them, system on a chip. And yeah. by keeping it, all the functions onto this one chip, or in this case, pair of chips connected, uh, you know, uh, together in the, in the higher configuration, higher price configuration, they're just breaking new ground in, in performance levels by by doing all this stuff. And this one actually has fans in it, although I think it might just be the ultra version that has the fans. But apparently they're engineered to be extremely quiet. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's filling, it's kind of, um, because if you really want to get, oh, and the Mac, uh, the Mac Pro, the monitor that goes with that is like five thousand dollars, isn't it? Something like that. It's a thirty something comically ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's not even including the stand. I don't think. I think you have to buy the stand <laughs> separately because they may think they they think a lot of the the 
professional uh, users may just want to mount those monitors on some special rig, you know, some special multi-screen display, so they make the the stand optional for an extra thousand dollars. So that's, you know, you're getting out of business class into, uh, you know, <laughs> or uh, economy class with that kind of stuff. And to me, this uh, studio, it's not a cheap setup, but considering what you get and considering the, the performance uh, increases, it's kind of filling in that middle ground between entry level you know twelve hundred dollar macs and uh you know mac laptops and things like that and the the smaller cheaper imacs and the the mac pro with a six thousand i mean you know you're not going to get one of those mac pro systems on your desktop i've been running for less than around you know eight or nine or ten thousand dollars by the time you get it all fitted up and tricked out yeah yeah. But this is kind yeah. of filling in that middle ground. And I think Apple's really been listening to their customers. The fact that they put those ports on the front and they put back in a, a an SD card slot for photographers who usually have SD cards in their in their equipment and just want to yeah. pl- plug it in and have it run. So I think they've they've been listening to their customers. Yeah, it's been a nice kind of change for uh, over the last couple of new product releases to be kind of addressing that pro or, um, you know, creative professional kind of audience, which was the audience that really kind of kept Apple afloat during its darkest years of the, uh, of the you know, the mid-90s yeah. before uh, Steve Jobs came back and kind of, you know, came out with the iMac and, and then the iPhone and the iPad and, and, and all of that. Yeah, that's true. Well, that was good. It was good to hear that. Oh, and when you buy the um, Mac Studio and the Studio Display, I believe that's what they named the display, the Apple Mac yeah. Studio and Studio Display, you still need to buy a keyboard, mouse, and track and or trackpad <laughs> yeah, because it's like the Mac Mini. You're supposed to just use it with the one you already have. But I think if you were getting a brand new system like that, you want to get a sister and, you know, get a brand new keyboard and mouse to go. Yeah, get a, get a keyboard with that fingerprints all over it. Yeah. So you have to include, <laughs> the, include the cost of those peripherals with it too. And it is true that the, uh, that the new, that the iPhone will now be available just in time for St. Patrick's day in two sage of green. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and um, also that seems to be an Apple thing now to, to bring out a, a phone in the, fall and then bring out a color or two in the spring with their spring announcements you know yeah. kind of yeah. kind of freshen up your uh, your color palette for the spring and by the way real quickly there's a there's also a ukraine and russia angle um, behind apple um apple last week um announced that they're closing all of their stores uh, at least for the time being uh in in um in russia and um and halting sales of Apple products and services, which right. would include things like Apple TV um, in Russia, as their way of uh, of protesting the uh, the conflict. Well, we got a late start tonight, so we did, and a lot of announcements. So we didn't have time for any callers. We're sorry. We will have callers on next. We'll have calls next time. Yeah, indeed. Stay tuned for Radiogram coming up. This has been Point and Click with Bob and Jim, and um, we got about another minute, I think, before they cut us off. Uh, did you have any anything else you want to talk about? Anything crossing your uh, your radar screen there? Um, you know, no. It's just been you know very interesting to you know. Of course, it's depressing as all get out to be following the, the news these days. Um, but um, for me, as a technologist, it's been really interesting to see how the internet and computers and technology have been used um, well on both sides. Um, for in, in both a 
uh, defensive and offensive way. Uh, um, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a whole new kind of warfare. It and is. I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of it in the weeks ahead. And the whole world is watching, you know, on both yeah. sides. Well, they're not watching so much in, in inside Russia, I don't think. But the rest of the world is watching, and they're doing it in, on their handheld devices, you know. So That's the thing. Is, That's it's, another it's huge thing. Yeah, different, phone, different puts world. Reporters, citizen reporters everywhere. So, you know, it's harder and harder to hide details of, of what's going on. Indeed. Okay. See you all in two weeks. Good night, everybody. Good night, Bob. Good night, Jim. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.